Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spirit and Steinberg Podcast. Right here with Spears. How y'all feel out there? Bartholomew Carrington the third. $10 a lot of money. Yeah. What time is it? Game time. Bug Space. Can't get Red foot stuck with slave Hello there, it is I, Bartholomew Carrington III, here to wish you all, all of you Crichtons and Minions, a very special Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. What amazes me most about this time of year, with all of the tidings and blessings, is every race has their own version of Christmas. The Jews have Hanukkah. I never quite understood it, but then again, they're Jews. So, good luck with that. Then, of course, the blacks have Kwame Brown. And, of course, normal people have Christmas. But who seems to be missing in all of this are the Latinos, a.k.a. the Mexicans. Let me get some answers as to why. Oh, Consuela, why don't your people have your very own Christmas? Um, how would you, how would you say... Um, menos, menos, menos picky, tu, 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 pobreci, os, te bien, toquito, eh, policia, si, Ricardo, Montebon, corona, feliz, navidad, del taco. Ha, huh, enough. Trying to understand Mexicans is so draining. I'd rather eat it than understand it. Let me summon my white butler. Oh, Stefan! <laughs> Isn't that festive, Andy? Very. Very festive. Very festive. Do you want to know why Mexicans don't have a Christmas? Yes, I'd love to. Yeah, because they're Catholic, dude. Is that why? It's, they celebrate the same holiday all the Catholics celebrate. Really? Not all Mexicans are Catholic. A large percentage of Mexicans are Catholic. I just didn't want everybody to write in. And, and uh, understanding the eight crazy nights of Hanukkah, just let me let you know that that's not a real holiday. It's a holiday for the kids so that they can have something around the same holiday. It, it's, it exists, but it's not, uh, it's not a relevant holiday. What did you think about the niggas having Kwame Brown? I like Kwame Brown was a perfect name for someone who wouldn't know what it was. You miss Festivus, though. That's the one from Seinfeld. Festivus for the rest of us. Who, who, but who does that belong to? <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, it's just an episode of Seinfeld. Oh. And uh, George's dad celebrates Festivus. 
It's a it's a made up holiday. Made up holiday. It's done with a okay. pole. They have a pole. Oh, okay. All right. Um, this first email is from Aunt Johnson, entitled "Slap Andy for Me." Man, Andy. Next time, Aries, next time you see Andy, slap him for me. His bad Santa opinion was garbage. How the fuck is he going to say he didn't like it, but then proceed to say everything was funny about the things you mentioned? Then to top it off, he goes on to say Elf is a funnier movie. My guy doesn't even know how to argue, let alone remember shit. He probably watched the movie and forgot what happened in it once the credits hit. Shake my head. Uh, it's all love, Andy. But goddamn, peace, Aunt Johnson. Aunt, yeah, dude, go ahead. Go, Andy. No, no, well, I was just gonna say things are funny. That doesn't mean they work. Or they all come together. I agree that there's funny parts in the movie, but they weren't funny enough to make me watch a fucking two-hour movie. I'll watch Elf again. I won't watch uh, Bad Santa again. You are bugging, nigga. That movie it slaps. As these young kids say, that's another one I didn't know that I'm learning about young kid vernacular. You got I didn't know what thought meant. I didn't know what uh, lit meant. And now slaps is what the kids say. Yo, that shit. When something is good, it slaps. You don't know. You don't know cap yet. Capping cap. What is cap? Cap is. There you go. I'm going to let you figure it out, son. No cap. That's what they say. Yeah. What does that mean? No cap. You're gonna have to look it up. I'm not working for you on, on this one. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn your own. You're ten years younger than me. You should know the vernacular better than I do. Uh, this is from Zachariah Tanner. Email for the podcast from a black man in Australia. Forces for beer. Good eye, mate. Um, how's it going, gentlemen? First time writer, three-year listener. I love the podcast product. The only time I have skipped episodes is the episodes with Kyler Lacey in it. After I heard her first appearance, I also listened to the podcast with her and the transgender man. I much prefer the sister who came on with Brother Islam. Oh, you talking about Erica Lachey. I understand you would like a hole's opinion. Oh, a hole's that's funny. Oh, the feminist's going to come for you, sir. But at least pick a hole who isn't as self-righteous and condescending as Kyla Lacey. Wow. I, understand, mm, I understand your thighs get moist when she is in your direct vicinity. Nigga, me? <laughs> My thighs get moist? Dude, a couple people have said... Have, have, hey, seen, hey. have, have replied to me with that. Uh, Listen here, of- crocodile nigga D. Uh... <laughs> Watch your mouth, nigga. Don't nothing on me, on me get moist. Um, unless, you know, Gemma's in the room, then yeah, my thighs get moist. Um, but just like your love for Vince Vaughn, you need to dial that shit way back. I also don't like the dating game theme you do for the emails. That shit is whack. You changed an awesome Annie up intro and left that garbage dating game theme in. Well, first of all, if you really pay attention, stupid, uh, we do that because we've graduated to a higher level of success and we cannot play that because it's not it's licensed music and we could get fucking sued. So we had to come up with something different. I personally would rather Annie up. But like I said, 
that becomes a different issue. I'm actually investigating on how much it would cost to buy that. Because if I could buy it, I really want to put that back. Because it was a more, you know, pre-football locker room theme song before huh. we come out out of the tunnel. Um, uh, I'd like to And you-, you know what? With all due respect, Mike, fuck yourself. Nigga. I like that um, you gave him a little bit of uh, uh, of uh, fuck. When you, when you called him stupid, it reminded me of all the older New York comics when they all. Oh, say, really? Yeah, I love I love when when they all call each other stupid. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> yeah, love the podcast. I listen from start from the start to the current. No skipping. I didn't do it for the callbacks. I just love to know what was happening week by week. Love the podcast. By the way, why can't Americans? form structured sentences start a little rivalry boys why can't americans form structured sentences do we have a habit of not being able to do that i I don't know because we know what the fuck we're saying yeah might you know what the fuck is good eye (laughs) you know what i mean fuck is that good eye it's good day nigga he's from australia you said right yeah he's bland he's black I just watched this whole uh, special on this dude from Australia, the, the one who uh, managed the BGs and stuff like that. By the way, I sent you the uh, the definition of no cap so that you have that. In Did your, you really? Yeah, I, I didn't want you to be out there on the streets looking fucked up. Yeah, looking stupid. Like, like that, like that the lineup you got going. Me right now? Yeah. This is the second time you done did that, nigga. <laughs> uh, where you address black hair? You don't have the right. <laughs> To tell Dude, niggas it's just funny about their you got hair. You got your headphones on and you got a little poof going on on it. Right yeah, now. I had my shit cut in a minute. I'm going to get my shit cut before I hit, you know, for New Year's Eve, nigga. I need to get new Tim's. I need a New York, a new New York Yankee hat. And I need to get a lineup. Dude, nigga. get some, get, put a little color on your Tim's. Butter's over, man. Get. Nah, son. Nah, yo, them the originals. You know what I mean? Them the originals. You know, all them fruity colors on my feet. I don't need my feet to be colorful. Get a pair of black ones. Nah, son. I don't like black. And I don't like I don't like black boots or fucking sneakers. You know what I mean? I don't nah, like that. I like they get get sorry. Get, I got the bright green ones. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But see, yeah. All right. Um Jonathan Taylor. Um oh Jonte Taylor. Yo, Aries, I literally Almost ran off the road laughing at your Terrence Howard impression. You have to do Muhammad Ali and Terrence Howard arguing over the use of the word man. Stay up, guys. I'm telling you, Ali, you might be the champion, man, but you need to say man the right way. I told you, man, I'm the greatest. I don't know why you say man. There's no G on the end of M-A-A-A-A-A-A-N. It's man, man. I'm telling you, man. Can you please, Ali, turn down your aggression? You scared me and turn up the heat because I'm cold. <laughs> I actually like that line. That nigga sounds cold and scared. I think that's better than my sleepy one. It is better than sleep. Cold Yeah, because I don't get sleepy. It just, it just didn't. It sounded like when you wake up and you're tired, it just has that sleepy sound to it. But Ali sounds sleepy when his older age. Well, well yeah. Ways, I fought says violence and I fought Joe Faisal. I fought Ken on the grave. I fought. <laughs> hey, bang, wake up, man. All right, what if that was your alarm clock? 
It's time to get up, man. You got to get up, man. Put it on snooze and it just goes, man, 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 man. Tara can't wake up. She has fucking four alarms that wake me up oh, every really? fucking morning. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to read this. This is from a woman from Ash A. It's your girl Ash back again. Aries, if you're big, then Andy, you the bitch who fell out the window on that one episode. Geronimo. <laughs> Did you ever see that episode, Andy? Which, what episode? I think it was in season. He, he, Ash, she's not into it like me. I think it was season five. Carrie goes to a party. And there's this bitch who, who's always in the, the, the American Pie movies. She plays the mother. Stifler's mother. Okay. Stifler. Stifler. Yeah. Stifler. Stifler. Um, and she goes to a party in a high rise and she gets, she's kind of sloppy and she wants to smoke a cigarette, but they tell her she can't smoke in the house. Mm-hmm. So she opens up one of these uh, human sized tall windows to go smoke out of and blow the smoke out of. And the more aggressive she gets, she eventually loses her balance and slips and falls <laughs> out the window to her death. <laughs> It's a very funny scene. <laughs> no, I never seen it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I I know you don't want to watch the new Sex in the City. If I'm being honest, most of the fans like myself know it's a dumpster fire, and we're just hate and we're just hate watching it in solidarity. Just wanted to give you the good and bad of the series so far, and also correct some details for you. They explained Samantha's absence. She moved to London. She and Carrie are also beefing and had a falling out. There was a comment made that I didn't like about her using Carrie as an ATM machine, which is bullshit. Carrie always had bad credit and Samantha wasn't hurting for PR or hurting for money as she ran a successful PR firm. Let me stop right there and say this. Um, That's one of the things in the first episode that I went, yo, they really putting the real life circumstance between them in the dialogue. Yeah. Because they really had a falling out, uh, which I thought was kind of funny and genius. Uh, her second point, as you know, they killed Big. Pretty convenient thing as some sexual assault allegations have recently come out about Chris Noth. Just saying. Third point, Miranda is an alcoholic now and back in school for some reason. Reason Also exploring lesbianism. Is that what she was doing? Well, she's, you see a little bit of a crush developing. But you know she's she's a lesbian. She's with Steve. Yeah, but you see she's developing a crush on. Uh, that's why she wanted to go go to the comedy the comedy show so bad. The after hours than the comedy. Did you see the, the that's the second episode right? The com where they go to the comedy uh, show. No, I think that's got to be the third because oh, I saw those. Yeah, 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 no, no, it's on the third. Then where you see that she's really interested. She's kind of thinking that that she talks about Steve and how all they have in common now is ice cream. And toppings, and that they haven't had sex oh, in years. Shit! So they're opening up, but she in real life she is she is a lesbian. Yes. So, so this is her opportunity in a show that was that it was very sexually forward, but to explore who her actual self and put that into the character. So I think it's reasonable to believe that that is the storyline. Note, fellas, uh, if your girl says all y'all do is eat ice cream, and y'all ain't had sex in a minute, she's about to go lick pussy. Yeah, so throw that ice cream on her real quick. And lick her pussy. Get it all off. See how we could solve sexual problems in a matter of seconds? Yeah, but you know um, what your girl's going to say if you throw ice cream on her and try to lick it off? 
It's what cold. I don't like the cold. Nah, my girl wouldn't say that because I have a way to mix it with hot fudge so it, it balances itself out. That's right. You're the thoughtful one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I does, son. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, four. I like the two black women added to the main cast. Nicole Ari Parker's character and Miranda's professor at school is also black. And see, that's what I thought. Instead of lesbianism, it seemed like she was trying to it wasn't really champion for black causes. It wasn't the professor. It's it's the comedian. Oh, okay. It's it's her. It's it's uh it, it's Sarah Jessica Par- Parker's uh, podcast partner. Okay. Uh, but I, I I really do like the uh, I like that they're addressing the white savior, the white liberal who wants to make these changes. The one the I love the over aggressive. I'm here to take care of black issue white person. Right. I, I really like that they're addressing it on this show because uh, I haven't seen a show where they addressed it really. They'll just talk about it, but this is their, they actually have, they put a face to the character of what this is. I feel like, honestly, this is an itch that I'm not going to be able to help but to scratch. And I'm going to slowly watch this motherfucker, but God damn it, they fucked up with the gumbo recipe, man. Do you know how crazy this is? Y'all are fucking with shit, man. Yeah, but Come what, on, man. What, what if, uh, What's the other? This dudes? don't feel right. This feel like uh, niggas in Detroit without long, dirty fingernails. <laughs> it don't feel right. What's up with the one longer fingernail? The the pinky finger be. I'm telling you, the niggas in Detroit, man. Uh, they just built different, man. Them Detroit niggas, they, you know, that's the that's that was, that pinky they put in the air when they go, nigga, the, the, the D, you in the D. That's the uh, that used to be a cocaine finger. That's what it was. Yeah. Man. But I don't know what yeah. it is now. I don't think everybody, I don't know people still doing cocaine like yeah, that. Yeah, Chicago and Detroit niggas, uh, something about they, uh, they don't really fuck with manicures and shit. Um, yeah, okay. Ugh, fuck, now I, for, I forgot where I was going. But go ahead. Keep going. Keep going with your, uh, th- this email, because I like this email. Uh, Carrie hosts a podcast with Bobby Lee for some reason and a non-binary character named Che. I That's- like Che. Yeah. However, this character's whole personality is talking about how queer they are. Seems a little forced. Convenient that Che is around when Miranda wants to have her gay awakening. That's all I'm going to say. Stanford is in the show. He's been in every episode so far. So I think he was also, so I think he was able to finish filming before his death. If all this made you even less interested in watching, I understand. Also, another thing I saw on HBO Max, I don't know if you guys heard about this new miniseries, but I thought it might interest you. It's about the beginning of the Lakers dynasty. I'm not really into sports, but I love movies and this looked pretty good to me. Doesn't come out till March, but could be something you guys might want to watch and discuss when it comes out. I'll put a link to the trailer. If that doesn't work, just look up the winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Uh, I think that could be be really good. Dude, I can't wait to talk about that. If you guys haven't seen it, it comes out in March. Of uh, next year on HBO, it's about the Lakers, as she described. And they got John C. Riley playing Pat Riley. Uh, whoever they got to play Magic is perfect. Even the dude playing Kareem looks right. I and, thought John uh, C. Riley's playing Bus. What did I say? Pat Riley. Oh, right. Jerry Bus. Oh, goodness. How could I do that? Yeah. That's, uh, that's Adrian a Brody. Is it Adrian Broner or a- Brody? Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody is playing Pat Riley. And, uh, you know, Andy has seen it in my house. I got the, uh, in my theater room, I got the Lakers 
uh, Norm Nixon wife beater sized autographed jersey. His actual son, Devon Nixon Jr., is playing Norm Nixon Sr. Looks just like his fucking dad. And, uh, you know, I grew up, well, I came up watching him grow up uh, in Norm's house. I remember when he was a little kid and uh, his other son. And, 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 and y'all might remember his son, Devon Nixon Jr., he played Whitney Houston's son in the movie The Bodyguard. And I grew up, I watched him grow up. Norm's, uh, that was from a previous relationship. But then Norm has his two kids from Debbie Allen, uh, Norm Nixon Jr., a.k.a. Thumpity, and Vivian Nixon. Uh, but his son looks just like his dad, man. But this whole thing looks good, man. It does. I thought John C. Riley is a, is a, bit, is a bold choice for bus, but I'm liking it because if, if he pulls it off, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, my only concern is without having seen it, so I don't know what kind of performance he gives, it just comes off so comedic because it's him. Yeah, but- And know, I'm just worried about it being too comedic with him. I, he, he did a great job in Boogie Nights. He didn't seem, I mean, he was comedic, yeah, but- Yeah, but it, that whole movie, everybody was quirky. Yeah, I think, I think this, they're going to all be kind of quirky though too. For Riley? this? Yeah, because Pat, Pat, Pat Riley's not a normal dude. Hey, I told, did I ever tell you my Pat Riley story, though? No. I, I didn't meet, I, I never met Pat Riley, but I did talk to him for two seconds on the phone. Um, this is how cool Pat Riley is. This is why I was excited when I saw it. Uh, and, and, and I think that uh, Adrian Brody has the, uh, I mean, it's not the same look, but I think his look and his the attitude will come across. But uh, this is when Riley, this is when Riley was at his Rileyness. And uh, I was in the clothing business, and I'm watching the show. I'm watching the, the the Lakers play, and Riley always looked good, man. He's always on the court, and he had his Armani pants were longer than they're supposed to be, and they're you know the dragon on the floor, but having that all bunched up look at the bottom, just looking cool. And he had this white shirt, and I thought he wore the same white shirt all the games. I thought this is a fucking nice shirt. I, I wonder if it's an Ike Bahar shirt. That's what I thought it was. And but I, but then I heard it was a custom shirt, so I was like, I want to find out. How am I going to find it out? And someone said, just call the Lakers. And I was like, fuck, they're not going to answer. They're not going to get. I called the Lakers. I called the regular Lakers line. I said, listen, I'm trying to find out who makes Pat Riley shirts. And the lady who answered the phone goes, hold. And I get this I get this other lady who picks up. She goes, Pat Riley's office. And I go, hi. And I said, it's Andy. My name's Andy. I'm, 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 uh, I live out in Arizona. But I, I love Pat Riley's shirts. And I want to get some shirts made. Where does he get his shirts made? And she goes, oh, hold on a second. Let me see. Pat. And I hear, Pat, where do you get, where do you get your, sh who's making your shirts these days? And he says, it's in the Rolodex. And I can hear him. I hear Pat Riley yelling back where, and he, she said, I can't find it. And he comes back over and, and, and she says, oh, and he goes, it's right here. And he kind of, you could tell like he's fumbling with the, by the way, people who don't know a Rolex is this thing that you used to sit on your desk and it was cards that you turned and a Rolodex, a Rolodex. Sorry. Ro I'm saying Rolex. Sorry. It's Rolodex. That was, it was the thing, but a lot of people won't know what a Rolodex is because they don't, obviously you don't use them anymore, but it was just this thing that had all the numbers written down. And so he, uh, he, I hear him talking and then, uh, he gets on the phone. He goes, yeah, I get him. And then he says the name of the guy, which I don't remember anymore. And he says where he's located. And he tells me it's great shirts. Get sure you're getting done. Thanks for calling. And gives me back to his secretary. That's awesome. So that, for a half a second, you spoke to Pat Riley. Yeah. About shirts. That's <laughs> awesome. My whole life. I, that's I, that, and at that moment, another GTA, another GTA 
a moment. At that moment, the most famous person, influential, I probably ever had spoken to in my life at that time, at that moment in time. I'm going to tell you what's a bold choice is Adrian Brody. Brody. Yeah. It's Pat Riley. Man, that, that nigga's, the beak on that nigga is too aggressive. But he has a look. He, Adrian Brody has a look. He has the right hair. Yeah, he does. But but Pat Riley was GQ smooth. But and gonna, when you got a beak like that, nigga. No, you, you know, Adrian Brody's used in a lot of advertisements for for clothing. He, he, they make him, he looks good. He has, a, he has the really? right look. Yeah. He's going to, he's going right. to look, he, I think he's going to pull off. And R- Riley, listen, you know, and, and this is something I never said before because, but since we're talking about Lakers a little bit, even though it's not in the same vein of what we're talking about, underrated as a coach, man. I'm sorry. Underrated as Pat Riley? Yeah, because everybody gives all the credit to the fucking. Uh, no, yeah. he is not underrated. Yeah, because everybody I, knows how great he is. Yeah, but when you say the greatest coaches, what do you hear all the time? Uh, what you're supposed to hear? Phil Jackson, 11. Yeah, Phil Jackson, 11, who was, who was granted. Uh, Jordan and Pippen. Well, that's not his fault. He was granted Kobe. That's like saying, that's like saying, uh, man, you get all the bitches because your dick huge. I was born with it. Yeah, but he was still get, uh, given the best players at the time of all time. I mean, how are you? And, I know, but but that's not his fault. No, but Riley had to build teams around what he was given at a time. Riley's he, first five championships. Oh, he only has. No, Riley's first five championships. Look who he had. Kareem, Magic, Worthy. Yeah, but they weren't always winning. He took them over and he had him, He had to bring them there. But once he brought them there, he brought them there. Yeah, but Boston still won. And, and he doesn't always get number two. He doesn't even always get mentioned number two. Uh, the and same. then he won a championship in Miami with fucking... Dwayne Wade, Alonzo Mourning, Shaq, Gary yeah. Payton. But, and look at that team. That wasn't an all that, I mean, they're all stars in their own right, but that wasn't a team that was like this killer team that had everybody in the world on, on paper. It. Yes, they were on paper. Yes, they were. Um, D Wade was at it. Was at his peak powers. Then Shaq was still Shaq. Kind uh, of, kind of, but he was still Shaq. Uh, Zoe Morning was still a beast. No, he was. Gary he, had, he had survived injury and he had his own problems. He was, yeah, and, he was an undersi- but, but, and he's an undersized center. But still, he was. He was. He was. He was a still. He was no. He was. I'm not saying he was. White just, chocolate. Jason Williams, also another person who had health problems. Ant, Ant, Antoine Walker, awesome. I met Antoine Walker. Yo, they too. had a squad, yeah, man. Had, I'm not saying they didn't have a squad, but it was a team. He had to build around a team. It wasn't... Listen, when you talk about the greatest coaches, really only three names come to mind. Phil, Popovich, and Riley. Yeah, but Popovich gets mentioned over Riley every time. I don't know. That's because he's still coaching. Maybe, out of sight, maybe, out of mind. Maybe, maybe that's it. But I, I think Riley, I, I think he... No, nah, I don't think anybody sleeps on Riley, dude. Dude, I don't hear it anymore. When, when's the last time you heard? Who's a coach that I think should get mentioned, even though he only won two rings, but still, Chuck Daly. No, Chuck Daly definitely should. And Chuck Daly was like really new. If anybody, if you take the, if you take the Pistons and you look at that roster and any coach who had star players who knew how to manage them, I mean, Phil, ja- Phil Jackson gets all the credit for it. Riley had a tougher team to manage. Those guys in, were all, in, in L.A. No, not Riley. No, not Riley. I'm sorry. Uh, your guy that you just said, uh, Phil. No, 
the the Detroit Popovich. Detroit's coach. Oh, oh, uh, Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly. That was a harder team to manage. You had Rodman on the team. You had uh, Isaiah on the team. Lambeer on the... This is a lot of per, different per kind of personalities. But you know to, why, though? Why? All them niggas had dirty fingernails. <laughs> They're the dirty control finger. the ball, nigga, when your fingernails is long and dirty. The dirty fingernail gang. Yeah. They thought we were the bad boys, but they were, they were bad boys with dirty fingernails. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, there, there's some good coach. There's a lot of great coaches that I don't think get the fair mention. I, I give you, I'll give you daily, but I, I think Riley is up there with Phil Jackson. That was my problem. He's up there, but not with Phil Jackson, dude. Phil got eleven, dude. He got him because of who he had and the time that he had to do it. Riley, Riley <laughs> went from the Lakers to the Knicks. The Knicks, and you know what? You come on. I mean, we could play the woulda, shoulda, coulda game all day, but if it wasn't for that guy and Red number twenty three, yo, the Knicks would have won. That team with Riley was is they played aggressive okay. Detroit defense. Lo- love that you said that. If Phil was coaching and the twenty three wasn't on the team, does Riley win another ring? Yes. Okay, so he does deserve. Well, wait a to- minute. You said wait, wait. If, yeah, because remember the year the Knicks beat the Bulls was when Mike wasn't there. And I, Phil was coaching. I'm just saying, I think Riley deserves a little bit more on his name, and he is, he doesn't get it because, because he has been gone from the game as far as the coach on TV, what you see. And he's an old man. He is an old man now. Remember, this is how great Riley, how great Riley was, where it shows you coaching matters. That first year that Dwayne Wade, when Shaq went to the Miami Heat, and and they and I forget, I think it was Spolstra who was the coach. Yo, they got knocked out of the playoffs. They didn't win. That's when Riley stepped in and went, based on this roster, I have an obligation to this team. That's the year they won. Yep. But then they lost it the very next year when Riley was still the coach. I, I still think he was, I, I still think his name deserves a little bit more, but we'll go on. We'll go on from there. Go all ahead. right. Is, she, is that, is that what, was that her email? That was complete? That was her email. That was all, that's done. Ash A. Yeah, good email. See how you you were very. It wasn't long, but you got a lot of information in there. You gave us two subjects, and you got it all together. I like that email. Yeah, she's a woman. You know, women don't really get ten dollar a lot of money. They take ten dollar from a lot of nigga. (laughs) Dude, one of the greatest jokes I heard. I forget what the brother's name was. He was on Def Comedy Jam, and he did this joke about how he goes women. will ask you for money. Like my girl will ask me, baby, I need to get something from the store that costs $20. Uh, let me let me borrow some money. He give her $100. And he go, uh, when he get back, hey, baby, uh, can you give me my change? And he goes, only women can make a man feel dumb and cheap about wanting change. She was like, change? I, I'm fucking with a nigga that need change? Oh, shit. I did not know, boo-boo. I did not know. And he go, after she said all that, I felt so stupid because I'm now questioning myself like, what the fuck I need with $80? <laughs> Dude, I think, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's Cosby that did the joke way back, 60s, maybe 70s, was uh, there is no change. No matter what you give a woman for whatever she right. needs, there is no change. Honey, is there, cha- there is no change. There was, that's the whole joke. There is no oh, change. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. 
So did he, did he, is that considered a theft, even though it's different? No, no, it's in a terms different, of it, delivery. It, I think it's different because he's, he really updated it because when he said, when you said, uh, got me feeling insecure that I need shit, that, that's a whole, he, fuck, I'm gonna need even $80. If pre- <laughs> even if the premise is the same, I think that he put the extra on it that made, put, he took the meat off the bone. I think Cosby left a lot. If you just, if your joke is, there is no change. That's it. Right. So, okay. Yeah. And it, it's an old joke. So, I, right. I, I, how many people, how many newer comics, and I shouldn't even say newer, but people that have been in it 15 years, only because I'm the, my age do I know these jokes. Those guys don't know these jokes. How many people are well, the real the, the, the real students of the game do. Yeah, but how many are there really? You talking about students of the game? Yeah. Yeah, that's what separates the men from the boys. But I mean, you can't have a conversation with most People who've been in it 10 years, I don't think there's a lot, unless they're, except, unless they're, like you said, students of the, they, they don't have that passion for the I, I, I think I think that that is such a disservice to the craft. How could you not? How could you not want to soak up as much info as you can? Yeah, but dude, it's not, it, it's, it's the kids. I, I don't want to use the word kids. It's, it's, it's the youth because of the access to information they treat it differently. It's you, you used to have to go and, and seek this out to get this kind of education. Now it's in your phone. So it's, which it's, should be even easier for you to do your homework. Because it's so easy. They don't, how many in, in football, you could bring up legends of football to young players and they don't even oh, know those. Could they don't know those? Players. That is bring a up travesty. Legends of basketball. They don't know those players. That's insane. Come on, but it's true. That's insane. It's true because it, the information is too available. When you were younger, as a young kid, when, if you like something like you like boxing. So if someone was to say, Hey man, I got it. I, I got a film of this old fight and so and so boxing, you would be like, we can see it. Well, let's see it. And so you'd be excited to see that. Now everything's there anyway, at any time. So what's the excitement? Dude, listen, and if I, I'm not a boxer, I'm a fan of the sport. If I was a boxer, I know I would want to even more. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen was about Jack Johnson. Yeah, that's great. It was, it was, it was interesting as fuck. Dude, that is that documentary. If it's the same one that I saw, fucking great documentary, man. And it's not just about boxing; it's about the man. So yes, and I think it's important to know who you're. And this is why we're in the situation in some ways. It's important to know who your heroes are because not all of your heroes should be put on a pedestal. They could be your hero for being a great boxer. I'm not, and I'm not talking about Jack Johnson. I said they could whatever your hero is. They could be put on a pedestal for being a great boxer. Then. To know about them as a person is how you put them up on a pedestal by right. who they are as a person. That's how we should do shit. We don't do shit that way. They're just amazing. We put them on the pedestal and someone else comes along and just knocks that shit down. So I, I, I wish people would knew more about his, the hi- history. We know all the bad history. There's history right. out there. We should, we should learn all of it. I love, I love when they cut to Muhammad Ali and he goes, you know, people think I'm crazy, man. This is a black man back in those days who was driving cross country with white women and married white women in the South. Man, I'm not crazy. Jack Johnson, crazy, man. Seriously. (laughs) I mean, think about that, though. That that is such a fuck. When you know who that dude is, because in the South, black, if you were black, you were, it was nerve wracking just driving through the South, but with a white woman. Dude, they they said that in the documentary, because, you know, them motherfuckers fought 30 rounds. 
Literally. Yeah. They said, but whenever he got to really whooping a white man, they cut the cameras off. They didn't want that on, on tape. Or they didn't want no footage of them beating the shit out of white men. Yeah, and beating the shit out of white men. I mean beating the shit out of them. And that was the era where when you knocked the white, when you knocked somebody down, you didn't have to go to a neutral corner. You could literally stand over them and while the ref counted, and the minute they got on their feet, you went back on their ass. But it's kind of unfair because those white dudes were you you guys won't be able to see this, but they were fighting like this. Oh yeah, you know that that uh the, the, like a like a two I don't know how the arm you know how the arms go in those black yeah. and white fans. And they didn't look they didn't wear shorts. They looked like they wore tight sweats. <laughs> and that that was the era where it was, you know, uh I always do this like Joe Lewis, because historically, uh Ali was the first nigga to to gloat. He was the first nigga to be loud. Other niggas pride him stayed in a place. Uh, and that's when Joe Lewis would uh, uh, do an advertisement for a fight. I'm Joe Lewis. See me in two weeks at Madison Square Garden, March 15th. It's going to be a great fight. And then Ali came with the colorful, I'm the greatest. Niggas, you know, Ali brought the pride into the sport. I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I fucked that documentary. It's great. Speaking of great documentaries, people, Andy and I are going to be discussing a documentary called, uh, what was it called? It's about Sesame Street. Gang, gang of... Gang, gang of... Something gang. How to get to Sesame Street on HBO. Yo, that shit is fire. Dude, it, it was really good. I, I was shocked at how good, at like how much more I got out of it. Because and, I thought, and the I, fact thought that I knew we something. We grew up in that era yeah. where, you know, we grew up on that. Yeah, I thought I already knew something, but I found out I, I, I didn't. I knew a lot more. I, I had no idea. So if you grew up on it, you like it, you should really check it out. It's called uh, Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, okay, this is from Jones Terrence. You should make a nigga ejaculate. Listening to episode 317 on my way to work, and I almost crashed because I was laughing so hard. That Dr. King impression had me rolling, LOL. But anyways, I'm emailing you guys because I wanted to know if you were going to review the new Spider-Man movie. I saw an earlier showing of it, and man... You want to talk about man food. It brought the inner kid in me out like Infinity War did. I don't want to spoil it, but you guys have to see this movie, preferably with a large crowd. I know COVID, uh, I know COVID and the new Omarion strain and all that, but still, it's worth risking your health for LOL. P.S. Toby Maguire is the best Spider-Man still. That's debatable, but we'll get into that with Neri. By the way, um, when I went to go see it, I think they only, I'm not sure if they're doing this everywhere, but I know they're doing it here in California. Yo, you can't even get into certain places without proof of vaccination. Yeah, that's how it is out here. And I remember when I went to go see it, this one dude who was ahead of me, 
didn't have his card. And I mean, this motherfucker damn near tried to burn the movie theater down. <laughs> uh, and I got to say, man, and I hope I don't alienate uh, anybody that's anti-vax, but I'm with it. I'm fucking with it. Dude, I yes. Think, I, I, yes, I, I, yes. I agree, but I think that if this is the way we're going to go, uh, there needs to be uh, one showing that you could go in and you're not vaxxed. Like a disease section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One showing. A disease showing. At the end of the night, like the midnight one. So after it's over, they come in, they put the fo- they put the fogger in, and right. then, and then the next day it's it's back to clean. But right. yeah, I think you should have to, you know, if if you want access to a, a a business, it's not a public building. You pay to get in. It's you. They have the right to choose who they have come in. Um. Yeah, yeah, you should have to you should have to be vaxxed, but they but they I think because some people choose not to get vaxxed for and there are people who for health reasons or concerns uh can't get it because they may have a reaction to some of the, what's in the shot. They should still be able to get to go, so, but it should be whatever whatever and whatever you've been show. coming up with some great ideas lately. Like I like again, I like the thing about the trial without seeing what the people look like and now I like this disease showing because it's almost like a little bit of segregation. Like, yeah, you can go, but you got to sit in the balcony. Like, there's a special screening at the end of the night for just the people who could potentially be poisoned who want to <laughs> endanger the rest of us. And I'm quite sure most of the theater would be filled with, guess what? Uh, what? N- niggas from Detroit with dirty fingernails. <laughs> I wasn't... Because them the ones don't, don't want to get the vaccine. Dude, dude that is... I, I, I don't... I, I think that this is a it, it's very interesting because to find out who doesn't want to get the vaccine it, is kind of interesting. It, it's all across the board, man. I was arguing with a dude on Instagram who was who was, you know, oh, that's wrong. It's wrong. And I said, man, just like businesses have signs that say we reserve the right to refuse service. Yes, that's their right. Yeah, it, it, it and, is. And, and, and he was like, well, how can you say that when that can hinder my my life's uh, routine? So I'm supposed to starve because I can't go to the grocery store because I'm not vaccinated? I said, nigga, you, everything can be done online now. Order your shit. Have them go to the, you go to the grocery store. They'll bring your shit out to you. Stay your monkey ass at home if you don't want to do what you're supposed to do. Well, and to be honest, though, they had at one point out here, they had certain times where it was just, like early in the morning, it was just for older people because before the vaccine, they had a time for early, older people because older people were in the mo- most jeopardy if they got COVID. So it was all older people. They came in, everybody had their mask on, everything would have been clean. So that gave them the shot at the beginning, the first hour to get in and get out before other people came in that could could have possibly just passed it on to them. You, you, we have to make, we, we do have to make considerations. And, and I know that, I understand this. My mom, my mom doesn't want to get the booster. She got the vaccine, but now she doesn't want the booster. So I said to her, I go, what's the fucking difference? You already got the vaccine. If it's, if the vaccine is going to kill you, what's the booster going to do? Speed it up a little. Right. I mean, why are you worried about the booster now? Uh, people are, have different ideas for different reasons and they balance it. Listen, I, I have my, uh, just be real honest. My son, my, my son doesn't want the vaccine. My other son has to, has had the vaccine. Uh, I can't make decisions for everyone, and but 
my son also understands that he has to wear a mask when he goes and does all the other kinds of shit that he does. He can't, uh, uh, you know, there's some certain things he can't do because he doesn't have the Vax card. But that's just he that's his choice. He made that choice. Listen, man, I don't want to get off on a tangent on this, but I'm going to say this last thing. Like somebody sent me in my DM where I guess uh, NBC Nightly News and one of the anchors was reporting on how and, you know, uh, they had brother. It's like a TikTok. They had brother Islam in the clip and he was shaking his head with the yeses like, uh oh, they're finally admitting it. And it was like 17. The graphic was 17 million people have taken the shot. Fifty four have had uh, blood clot issues and nine people have died. And I was like, will you motherfuckers stop sending me this as though this is groundbreaking proof? It's side effects. With every fucking medicine, with everything, there is a risk. But when you look at the percentages on that, 17 million people, 54 have had blood clot issues. Nine have died. It's fucked up if that's if you're one of them people. But in terms of the grand scheme, the big picture, it's done more good than it's hurt. Well, that's that. There's no hundred percent to anything. Well, also when you say there's blood clot issues, if you get COVID, if you don't get the vaccine and you get COVID, a lot of those, a lot of people have had blood clot issues from COVID. So this is preventing for the. Yes, it is terrible if you're one of the people that have the reaction to it. I'm not denying that. I would be heartbroken if it was my son and something happened. Yeah, if it was me, I'd be devastated. But the overwhelming part is the, and it isn't. It isn't just like it isn't fifty percent. It isn't like we're going to go. We're giving this shot to you, and half of you aren't going to make it, but the other half are. You know what I mean? We're talking about a a small percentage. I, 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 I listen. But you got to do what's best for you. I'm not trying to tell anybody they need to get the vaccine. But I am going to say, if I go to the movie theater and they're requiring you to have your card, it's for the safety of the group in there. I didn't tell you you had you, you had to get it. You chose not to get it. The people who own this theater chose for, uh, for people to come in who have had it, the vaccine. And, so, and I respect that. That's fine. Just like... Uh, and if you really believe that you shouldn't have it, every city should have a theater uh, owner. And if, if if you that believes that you shouldn't have, it, they can open up uh, a night. Uh, maybe you know what I mean Detroit a, night. <laughs> whatever it needs to happen. Listen, I I I don't want you not to be fed or ate or for, to get to eat, but for extracurricular activities, if if I'm putting my life on, I put my. You know what? This is a good way to look at it. Here's a good way to look at it. Uh, I had a chance that I could have had the side effects from getting the vaccine. My reward from taking that chance of the uh, of taking the vaccine, and my reward is that I get the card and I get to go see fucking Spider Man in the theater. That's my reward for taking that chance. It might have been only one out of hundred thousand, hundred thousand, hundred million, whatever it is, but that's my reward for taking the vaccine. That's because I felt like it was going to benefit my community overall can benefit me. And because I did that, I get to go see the fucking, I, I can go see Spider-Man at the theater. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, you'll miss me with that bullshit. Oh, 54, nine out of 17 million. And, and, and how many times do we see commercials on TV for whatever medicine there is? They tell you there's side effects. Do most people go through that? Probably not. But do some do? Yeah. You know, 
when you said oh, side effects, listen, and I'm not trying to minimize this because we don't know the overwhelming long-term effects of taking the vaccine. We don't know the overwhelming long-term effects of getting COVID either. But I'll tell you this. I know that every time I get on a plane that they don't all land. I know when I get in a car, they don't all make it to the destination. Do you know that most ha accidents happen within two miles of your house? Mm. Do you still get in your car? You're still going to get in your car. You're still going to go to where you're going to go. Some of you that are complaining about the fact you're going to speed. Do you know what your chances of an accident happen when you're going over the speed limit are? They double. So for everybody that's saying all this bullshit, you take risks every fucking day. And last but not least, let me say this. If the news wasn't admitting it, then I would be like, yo, these niggas are shady. Yo, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're reporting to you what the deal is. That's not shady. They're, being, they're telling the truth. But again, let me not say they're telling the truth because I could feel the eye rolls. <laughs> like, oh, nigga, you believe the government and the media? I, 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 I don't mean like that, but damn. I'm glad I would rather them tell me that than not say nothing. You know, I don't, I don't know if they're telling the truth. I don't know if they're not telling the truth. All I know is that I'm going to get in my car sometime this next week and I'm going to drive over to the movie theater. I'm going to put my life at risk and drive over to the movie theater. I'm going to park my car. I'm going to take a risk that someone could mug me, shoot me on the way in for my Christmas presents. And I'm going to go into the theater and I'm going to sit down in the theater. And you're right. In that room, there's still a chance that the virus can be in there. And I'm going to watch fucking Spider-Man. But you know why I can do all that? Because I got my fucking vaccine card. You just better hope when you leave, you don't get mugged. Yeah, I could get mugged on the way out, and I got to make it back home. And then be the niggas from Detroit. <laughs> if I see any long fingernails. You better watch your shit. <laughs> All right. Ephraim Young. Amy Schumer, Tiffany Haddish. Yo, smoking aces. I like that. That's nice. Smoking aces. Quick thought. These two bitches, Tiffany Haddish and Amy Schumer, counteract each other, both not funny. One over the top white comedy and the over-the-top black style comedy, which is my cup of tea. But Tiffany is not funny to me at all. And obviously, Amy Schumer really only appeals to white audiences. Black people don't fuck with her at all. And Tiffany, she on her extra bullshit. And she kind of dissed you, Aries. Not feeling that. Thoughts. Ephraim Young. Listen, man, it's subjective. Uh... I, I'm not a fan of Amy just because of the whole theft thing. Um, and Tiffany, you know, it is what it is, baby. I've addressed it. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but she is talented, man. Now, and, she, and she is funny, man. I disagree, I disagree with her. I think Tiffany is funny. <clears throat> I think Tiffany has been... I, I think that if she doesn't get out of letting Hollywood pigeonhole her into one product, she's going to be that one product. Well, speaking of which, and here's where I think she breaks through. She's doing the biopic of uh, Flojo. Okay. The runner. Yeah. So that could be Oscar could, worthy. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's what's necessary, and I'm glad she's having that opportunity. But uh, I think she's very funny. Uh, you know, I think Amy in her own right could be funny, too. I don't always uh, find her as funny, but I also think it's weird. You know, I, I don't let... <laughs> I think it's weird when someone says 
that Amy, that black people don't fuck with Amy because I love when one person speaks for all black people. Well, well, wait a minute now. I don't disagree with that assessment. Uh, I, I, not to say that you wouldn't see a black person at her show because of course you would. Right. But would you see them at her show the way they would go to a s'more show? No. Nah. No, and I agree with that. But she ain't s'more. You ain't going to see very many white people at s'more, period. So you said white people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, because... You ain't going to see a lot of niggas at... What's the deal? But there'll be some sprinkled yeah. about. But I just Won't think be no niggas from Detroit. With long fingernails? Yeah, that ain't their style of comedy. I'm just saying, I just think it's weird to, to generalize that way. But I understand what he's saying at one point, but I also think, you know, it's, this is where we're getting into this. How do we ever get past this? It's, uh, never mind. I don't want to go into this right now. No, no, no. But bottom line is this, man. There are some comics who cater to a certain audience. Yes. Not every comic is for everybody. No, I agree with that. But I don't think Amy was like, I'm only going after the white audience. No, I don't think so at all. And I and, and also but not too many white comics be like, yo, I'm looking for the niggas. OK, but also and this is when what, what I just said about Tiffany, sometimes the marketing people, the people who run the machine put you in a place where you only get certain audiences. They 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 market you that way, and that that's that's not always the comics' fault. I mean, you take what work you get when you're coming up, uh, and, and and you know, like, so when he says that Tiffany isn't funny, that that that's kind of hard for me to hear because I think she's very funny. Yeah, but that's subjective. At the end of the day, that's subjective. I, he I, has I, every he has every right to feel that way as you do your way. No, I, and I agree with that, but I don't. I'm not trying to speak for everybody. Right. Um, LeBron ship. I suffer from the same subject MMA women. I suffer from the same disease as Aries when it comes to a woman beating me up. I'm not saying I could beat them in an MMA match, but if I box a woman that weighs 145, she's in trouble. LOL. I'm six feet and a half inches tall and I weigh 250. I also used to box regularly back in high school. Give me a one-minute round, and I'm going to work. Fuck all that. Maybe it's just my ego, but I ain't taking no L's. Not me, son. But that I'll bet you, dog. Yeah, but he just said if I'm fight, if I'm boxing some chick that's 145, if you're boxing a dude that's 145 and you're your height and your weight, he's gonna have a problem. Now he might there there is a boxer you might find someone with quick with hands that can fucking maybe take you because he's a dude and he has that extra power. But uh, that Holly chick that was a boxer, she probably didn't Holly Holmes? Her. Yeah, the one to beat uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fight her. I wouldn't want to box her straight dog. up. I don't know, dog. I think I could take her. Dude, she's a boxer. She's a boxer before she's an MMA chick. She boxed. I would not want to box her. <sighs> you know, boxers clinch. So during the clinch, he's got to lick the earlobe. <laughs> a softer version of Mike Tyson? I'm telling you, son, <laughs> if you lick the earlobe, the women, it, 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 the, the fists will unclench and the knees will get weak and, you know, breathe in her ear. You know, I'm saying a woman, I'm saying that Holly chick, if she's boxing you, you're not in the best shape. She could give Me? you, yeah. She I know. Could, she could give you one 
to the, the jejunum and knock the air out of you, and you're going to be done. You're going to be done. You're going to be doubled over, and she's going to be fucking clipping you in the head. They know I how to just, box. I, I, could, I, I could just see her clenched up with a black dude, and she'd be like, what's that scratch in the inside of my ear? It's my fingernail. Where, where are you from? Detroit. Detroit. Dude, Detroit. I, I hope you don't have any shows in Detroit for a while. I'm from Detroit, bitch. Them niggas wear that like a badge of honor. Do you know how happy they are to hear this? Dude, that, that is some of the hardest shows I've ever had is that little club we did in Detroit. I think it was called The Punchline. It was. It was The Punch. And I like how the guy goes, I didn't even know there was another punchline. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, man, that host, nigga, that moment where that girl that looked like Etta James. Yeah. He brought the house down when she got up and walked and the way that place was structured when you got this, the, some of them seats were on the stage. So the whole audience saw you and when she got up and he, she walked away and he let it breathe like the silence and then went, y'all give it up for Etta James, man. The wig that he brought the house down with that. Dude, that, um, was fun. that was funny. Did oh, you, it was perfect timing, visual, everything. But then you sang the image. You sang. What, yeah, when she came back. Well, she got up and go to bathroom again. When she came back, I went, at last, <laughs> my love. All right. Uh, what are we out on time? What do we look like? Uh, we're almost there. All right. William Johnson uh, wrote last week, real niggas wear vans. They started wearing them in L.A. when jerking was popping. Been a listener since you and Andy started this shit. I couldn't fight the feeling. I had to write in. But your assessment is the same as the Vlad interview when you were talking about Key and Peele. I'm just saying. Straight from SoCal, my nigga. All right. You know, I issued a wide world apology <laughs> about that. Because uh, I really didn't think Brothers War vans. It just felt like it was a, you know a white or non-black shoe. Um, so my bad. But you know who don't wear Vans? Who? Niggas from Detroit. <laughs> uh, I think they do. You think I, they do? I think they do. Nobody with a long, dirty fingernail wears Vans, nigga. And, and when, they're, when they're riding a skateboard in their Vans, they, that's how they. That's how they smooth that shit. The niggas out. from Detroit definitely don't ride skateboards. I can tell you that, dude. Yeah, they do. <sighs> They're younger, but everybody rides skateboards now. Dude, what you is just, happening to you black just people? Old man. Nah, son. Just certain things black folk don't really do. There's always, a, like I said, a white tiger in the wild. No, you know, but, some. I'm gonna call bullshit on this. Let me tell you why. On that dock uh, that we're gonna do, that Sesame Street dock. Yeah. There was a kid on a two by four with two roller skate wheels, old metal wheels, black kid. Well, that's different. Poverty yeah. niggas get creative. But we create shit. Shit. Yeah. I saw that. And I said, damn, that might be. Only a black or a Mexican could come up with a two by four with wheels. Dude. Now. I played on on basketball. court. Well, I played on asphalt courts that had the piece of wood. With the uh, the bicycle rim is your hoop. Really? Yeah. That's Mex that's Mexican shit right there. Damn. 
Well, you really know about poverty. <laughs> I didn't always live this nice. All right. You, this was pre-GTAA. Dude, I, I've, I've gone through cycles where I've been, where I've had it and did not have it at all. Mm. Yeah. This is for my boy, Junebug Spade. That nigga raped me, daddy. Um, yo, what's good, fellas? Aries just got done watching the No Jumper episode with you on it. That's a good look. I was happy to see you on there. Adam has a big following, and I think it would be great exposure for the podcast. I think it flowed well and didn't seem forced. The topics were great, and Adam didn't ask the typical questions. As far as the Christmas movie list, I agree. Elf is not what everyone hypes it up to be. I like Will Ferrell, but I found him irritating in that movie. Bad Santa is hilarious. I didn't care for the second one that much. I didn't think it was necessary. If you want to compare a Christmas movie that Jim Carrey did, then I would say The Grinch is the closest comparison. I usually like Jim Carrey, but he was annoying as hell in that. They sprinkled adult humor in it, but most of the time the jokes didn't land for me. I might be in the minority in this opinion, but Die Hard isn't a Christmas film to me. Yes, the timeline of the movie is during Christmas, but I don't consider it a Christmas movie. To me, in order for it to be considered that, the movie needs to be released during the holiday time. Die Hard was a summer flick when it was released, July 15th, 1988, to be exact. Movies like Scrooge, Home Alone, Christmas Vacation were all Christmas movies released near or on Christmas. That's just my opinion, though. Y'all stay safe. If I don't write in next week, I want to wish y'all both a Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Junebug Spy. Merry Christmas, man. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 Scrooge, we missed on that one because Bill Murray, Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I fucked up, too, because when you asked me who I'd wanted to do a movie with, that would uh-huh. should have been my number one dude to go to is Bill Murray. Right. Because Bill Murray. Okay, yeah. You could give Bill Murray the smallest part in a movie and he'll make something out of it. I don't think I saw Scrooged. It's really good. I don't think I ever saw that. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know how it holds up, but it was really good. I'm quite sure it was better than the night before. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the night before that wasn't game. that bad. That stunk. I uh, still like Seth Rogen in it, man. I'm sorry. I do. When he's, he's that, that fucked character. Up, we, we know that. When he's fucked up in the limo and he goes, does this face look weird? <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, man. I thought it was, I thought it was huge. I think he's a funny dude, man. All right. I'm going to read this last one. This is from Oliver Mull. Black physical comedians. What up, ANA? I want to chime in on your discussion about black physical comedians. To me, Martin Lawrence at his prime could have easily hung with Jim Carrey comedically in his own way, of course. He mainly showcased his physical comedy on his TV series, more, less on the movies. Uh, a TV series more, less on the movies. I know you expressed that you didn't like his TV show too much because it was over the top. But to me, he displayed some of the best physical scenes ever seen on screen. His facial expressions are unmatched. By the way, Aries, how come you don't respect what Martin did on the show as far as characters, but you're going to give praise to Jim Carrey and Tommy Davidson for portraying some of the most over-the-top characters themselves. Is it because theirs was on a sketch show where it's more expected, whereas Martin did it in a sitcom setting where it's less expected? And also, 
I was wondering, do you think if you were given the opportunity and the right script, you can challenge the greats in physical comedy in a movie? I feel like on Mad TV, you were able to showcase some of that. Let me answer that question first. Absolutely. Why? I'm a fucking genius! <laughs> um, dude, let me... I, I, and I said this. I respect Martin, period. He, For me, subjective. He's funnier in movies. I prefer him in movies uh, because of facial expressions and reactions. Bad Boys, the very first one, some of the greatest reactions ever was from Martin Lawrence. Uh, that scene where, you know, Will pretends to be on the phone with his wife while she already hung up and he's saying flirtatious shit and he by, he grabbed the phone after he, he grabs the phone and, and, he, and he goes, hello! And he realized she ain't on the phone. He goes, everybody about the motherfucking jokes today. That shit's funny to me. When he told John Sally, if you don't sit your lanky ass down, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. When he tells Monique and Roscoe Jenkins, um, girl, if you don't sit, you get your butterfinger eating ass back in the car. I love Martin in movies. Yo, his show, he tried too hard to me. When I look at Jim Carrey, Tommy Davidson, and Eddie Murphy, when they, when they do characters that require makeup, prosthetics, I see them as that character. They morph it. They become it. To me, I see Martin trying to do that. To me, it's a try as opposed to mission accomplished. And I know this is blasphemous because the Martin show was religion in black households. It was religion. Dude, seeing him do 15 backflips as Mama Payne and bite the wood off a church pew and make a goofy face while shaking it in her mouth like a dog, that, that's, that's, that's just silly. And it's just over the top and it's too much. Doing the, the comic cliche when him and the rest of the uh, cast of Martin is on vacation and they all wrestling with the wild animal making the goofy faces and jumping around. Ugh. That to me doesn't take genius. When you do, when you're Eddie Murphy as the Jew and come into America, so much so that you don't even know that's Eddie, not just because of the makeup, but the voice. What do you know from funny? You have your putzes to three putzes. That's genius. Jim Carrey as the Grinch where he becomes the character, the facials, the physical body movements. That's genius. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> nah, dog. Nah, son. You really... Uh... Dude, I think the show was a little bit ahead of its time, though, too, for him. Martin? Yeah. It was ahead of Martin's time? No, no, no. Ahead of its time. In what way? There wasn't a lot of black shows on television at the time, so he didn't get the cross. I mean, there were, the crossover audience wasn't there for him at that time. To me, Martin always felt like the modern day George Jefferson. That energy, that character, that, that spunk. Can't, because you because you see it as the, a the, the same. We've seen it a million times. It's it's a go to formula in in situation comedies. Every character has to have the character that he butts heads with. Right. In the Jeffersons, it was Florence the maid and George. In Martin, it was Pam and Martin. So how is that ahead of its time no, when it's I, duplicating the same thing? 
but it was but the storyline was a black storyline and that wasn't on TV like that at the same time. What do you mean? What about all the shows that came before Martin with predominantly black cast with a black storyline? A con- comedic stories? Yes. What was on before Martin? What are you talking about the, the Jeffersons? Well, yeah, uh, but that was in the 70s. Okay, but you're saying that there was no black shows, but there were. Good times, the Jeffersons. But those were in the past. At the time when he was on the air. The Cosby show. Yeah, but that's a different, different world. Yeah. Yeah, right. come on, man. What ground was it breaking? I, I don't think it was breaking ground, but it was him. There was something about him that was different that I thought made it different, made it better. But I know what you're saying because it wasn't my favorite show. It didn't grab me the same way. I don't know if a lot of shows at that time did, though. But- Dude, that's like, that's like, you know, again, I, you don't think maybe because any- I'm a comic, so I would look at it from a different lens. But I know another show that was praised in the black community was the Wayans Brothers. I thought that was some of the goofiest minstrel shit I've ever seen. And again, Marlon and Sean, it's like there's a difference to me between, yo, when you look at somebody do what they do and you go, he's a natural. It flows. It feels natural versus it feels a little forced. It feels like a put on. It feels like they're trying. When I when I see when I when I saw uh, uh, white chicks, when they play the two Spanish dudes in the bodega, I'm like, okay. when I see Eddie do that. Eddie becomes that Spanish dude for real. Yeah, but they're following Eddie in it. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You don't think that Eddie Griffin's physical comedy, like when he did Austin Powers and then the, the other movie, he, the movie he did. You're talking about the uh, where he played Afro, the dude with the, the, with the Afro? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't think that he was good in physical? He, that was physical comedy. <sighs> I could give him, I could give Eddie that. Uh but I would like to have seen him do like, that's why when we had this discussion in terms of the body of work, you could reel off boom, 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 boom. Robin Williams, Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey with Eddie Griffin. Okay. You name one thing. Yeah. If he had been given more of an opportunity or if that's something he had desired to do and he had a body of work like that, so you could hold it up against everybody else and judge it. There we go. But one one piece of one piece of work don't make it. But is that because of him or the opportunities? I don't know. Something I want to ask you too. Did you see the clip that I posted about Denzel not knowing yes. Damson Idris' name? Yeah, I, I, I'd seen that before too. Yeah. Uh, people had mixed feelings. They were like, "Yo, Denzel is a fucking icon. He's a legend. You can't expect him." to know up-and-comers like he has time to sit around and watch TV. And he said in the clip, I forget Denzel's exact words, but something about social media, do the work. And then other people felt like, damn, Denzel, you being a little rude to not know who this young brother is who's got the hottest show on the planet. But a lot of people were like, name something other than Snowfall that he's been in. So you can't expect a legend to know him. What do you, what's your take? Well, I have a couple thoughts because I'm 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 not sure, but one, I, I think Denzel ain't 12, you know, and he ain't 30. And he sure don't look it anymore. No, and you know, he's an older man who's still working, and I, I don't think that he probably goes home and 
tries to find out what the hottest show on FX is. So I'm not I'm not putting Snowfall down. I'm just saying did I think that that gentleman uh, might have some other priorities besides <laughs> coming home and watching FX and seeing his on. My, right. my question is, though, and this is something that could go either way. I said that I saw Denzel in his character. And I, some other people agreed with me. You didn't agree with me, but I... Well, I mean, you know, he did the impression, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, though, that if you're, if you're in that community, you're an actor, he's an actor, he might have heard about it. And I think that just hearing about, oh, yeah, this guy's playing you. He has, like, some similarities. That might make you curious. But again, like, going back to what I said, Denzel's not a young man. He has different priorities. There's a lot of people who have Denzel-isms. So maybe he doesn't give a fuck. And maybe it wasn't exciting to him to even go look at someone else who has a Denzel-ism. And, and right. So maybe that's part of it. But I just I just think, you know, like I said, he's a, he's a working actor who's not a young man. I don't know how involved he is on his son's career that, you know, maybe spending time with his son and, and going over what they're doing may be more important than him coming home and watching FX. I'm not belittling Snowfall at all. I think it's a great show. But I wish that I was busy enough that I didn't have time for Snowfall. I wish that right, my career right. was that busy. I didn't know who so-and-so was. So, right. you know what I mean? So, and I, I think he is in that position in his life and in his career. So, to me, it wasn't, but I don't understand why he had to go further. That's the part where I think people were a little... Oh, Denzel? Like, yeah, you didn't have to go further. He goes, he could have said what I just said. Man, I uh, heard about the kid. I have never seen him. Best of luck. I, I just don't have time to watch FX. That would have been fucking better than... I mean, well, you know, when he first commented on it, and he said, with all due respect. Yeah, he did say that. Right. So that's why I agree with you. The second one made it seem like he was digging deep. Yeah, with that you know, do the work. The dude's obviously done work. Right. He's put in effort. He's more than just on social media. But, you know, again, we don't know how these clips are edited. We don't know what we saw. Right. We saw that the too. whole thing. So I, I, I don't get that. But, I, you know, all respect. I love, I, love, I love his response, though. You saw his response? Yeah. Dams and Indris? Yeah. He said, yeah, he called me Dams and Address. Uh, dance and Address. From now on, I'm not responding to anybody unless you call me that. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I but I, I get why Denzel doesn't know him. I didn't understand why he did, why it seemed like he put some extra on it. I think because people were making him feel a certain way. Maybe. Like, they like, how, how could you not know? And he was like, hold up a second, you know? But then my thing is, look, when you're Denzel Washington, yo, you got the right to, to tell a motherfucker, hold up. You, you're the king, man. You're the king. You were you you were the heir apparent to Sidney Poitier. Well, I don't even think you're the heir apparent. You're the reincarnation because there wasn't anybody between him and. I mean, there are other black actors, but not at but that at that, that yeah, level. At, yeah, that Del Del yeah, is yeah. the king. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I, I I just yeah I just think Denzel has other priorities. Again, I just didn't think he had to go extra. That's all. Right. All right. Uh, I think we are there. I think we are. Uh, to Again. anybody uh, whose emails we didn't get to, just stick with us. We're going we gonna to get you. We're going to get you. Um, and if anybody wants to email, if you're a new listener, Ari Spears, 45 at Hotmail. Please support us on all our platforms. YouTube, uh, Spearsburg Pod. Twitter, Spearsburg Pod. Patreon, Spearsburg Pod. Instagram, Spearsburg Pod. 
Uh, I know that's it for the Spearsburg pods. And soon coming, Spearsburg pod coffee pods. Is it really coming? No, no, but it oh, just sounds shit. good. Or Spearsburg pod uh, fingernail polish <laughs> remover uh, for niggas in Detroit. Uh, just hand sanitizer would be good. Yeah, that too. Um, uh, uh, Merry Christmas, because you're now, a day, what, two days away? Yeah, now, yeah two days like away. 23rd, Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Quantica. Happy Quantica. Did you see what I just I like did? That. I like that one. Happy Quantica for yeah. niggas of the Jews and yeah, black. Get it all in. Happy, yeah, happy Hanukkah and happy Kwame Brown. Um, and Festivus for the rest of us. That too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, side note to everybody out there, please, please, please uh, check this out and support me on this. I need you. I'm putting a bad signal in the air. Um... Yo, I'm a tech investor, y'all. I've partnered with Aries. Yep, you heard that right. Aries, spelled A-R-Y-E-S. They approached me and said they wanted to help 100,000 business owners keep their doors open. And after I saw the product, I was like, sign me up. It literally helps business owners increase their profit and run their businesses without needing to do basic accounting. Look, this isn't the business podcast, so let's keep it simple. I need your help. If you own a storefront business or know someone who owns a storefront, I need you to use Aries, that's A-R-Y-E-S, and submit reviews. Go to heyaries.com and click Get Aries, H-E-Y-A-R-Y-E-S.com. Use the code SPEARS, all capital letters, so I know my listeners are supporting. When we hit 100,000 signups, we got something special planned. Yay-hee, yay-hee. All right. Next up, musically, this is London Bryant. Nova OK, I believe, is the name of the song. I don't know what it is, but with a title like Nova OK, it sounds like, I'm, and I'm assuming here, uh, it's like a Dutch or uh, Switzerland or some weird New Zealand type artist. Did you say Switzerland? Switzerland. Oh, okay. I thought you said Switzerland. Switzerland? Sometimes I can't tell if you calling me on my shit or you fucking with me. <laughs> I, I thought you said Switzerland. I that's what I thought I heard, but I, I was wrong. Obviously, you right. didn't say Switzerland. Switzerland. All right. Um, IG is uh London Nicole. L-O-N-D-O-N uh N-I-C-O-L-E. Twitter is at N-O-V-A-N-I-C-O-L-E. And the song is called Nova. Okay. Uh, is it Nova okay or is it Nova okay? Mm, uh, Nova okay. <laughs> I like that one. That's the ghetto. That's the ghetto shit. I like that. <laughs> <sighs> All right, y'all out. <laughs> <laughs> He say he love me, I'm his do or die, bitch We in this together, climb the top till we rich He be like, hey, baby, wanna do this every day Don't hesitate, I'm like, okay My dude swear I do anything for him, huh, okay Hitting licks, holding bricks, getting in the shit, huh? 
okay Cause he makes sure I'm riding for him Okay Living this trafficking life not boring Okay Call me his angel, my name not Charlie Baltimore tomorrow, then Chicago Too much cash like we hit the lotto You my big Mr. Desperado Two gas room probation, so let me hold that Tag team like Womack and Womack If the fans is watching, they can take a Kodak Click, clack, 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 clack Cause I don't give a fuck about a motherfucking hater About to hit this bank job And get this fed paper Hold up, wait a minute Look up at the clock Hurry up and get that bag So we can get back to the spot My dude Swear I do anything for him, huh? Okay. Hitting licks, holding bricks, getting in the shit, huh? Okay. Cause he makes sure I'm riding for him, huh? Okay. Living this trafficking life, not boring, huh? Okay. Dressed in all black, hitting the jury store next. About to get in and flex, making this money no tax. Let's go to the villa and sex. You get our respect, doing the best that we do. We don't need no crew, baby. It's just me and you in the hotel, sipping champagne in front of the flame while sitting up up on the roof. Gets it done no matter what. Got to stash up in the cut. Catch us if you can. Me and my guy, we untouched. Guess it's just pure luck. No place on the black truck. Hundred dollar bills, hatting all up in the trunk. All over the world like James Bond. Fabric. Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Ari Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. The test goes, you say it with conviction. It don't mean shit to me. Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself, convict!